as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Senator Ted Cruz, my guest on the Sergio Show. Ted, welcome back to the program. Thank you for the write-up on Fox News. Senator Ted Cruz has provided some Narcos slave trade video, and Fox is broadcasting that. You can, I posted that. I know Zach and Freddie will post it on our station Facebook page as well and probably Twitter. But this report uh, from Fox, I posted that on my, on my Facebook page. So explain, best you can, Ted, explain what's uh, on the report, what's on the video on this narco slave trade. Well, Sergio, good morning. It's good to be with you. Um, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was back uh, on our southern border down in the valley. I, I brought seven senators uh, to come to the border to see firsthand what it's like. And I've been to the border many, many times. I think it is the worst right now that I've ever seen it. Uh, We have now had over three and a half million people cross illegally with Joe Biden as president. Uh, The month of May was the highest volume ever recorded by DHS. Uh, When we arrived, we arrived on a Thursday night. First thing we did is we went out on midnight patrol with the border patrol. Midnight patrol, as you know, is not uh, is not going out looking for or hunting people because within minutes you just encounter people and you encounter one group after another after another. It's a constant stream of humanity. Uh, one of the first groups we encountered was a group of about a dozen. They were pretty much all women and children. There were two seven-year-old girls in that group. Both of those girls were unaccompanied minors. Neither one had a parent, neither one had a family member. They weren't sisters, they didn't know each other. They were just two seven-year-old girls who had been put with this group and had been trafficked by drug cartels all the way to the United States. The border patrol that we were with, they pointed out a patch of grass that was about 200 yards from where we were. And they said a couple of weeks earlier, two little girls aged five and six had been violently raped by the coyotes. And Border Patrol had encountered these little girls and had to give medical care. They were in, in pretty bad shape from what had happened. This is happening every hour of every day. It's horrific. The next day we met with ranchers and farmers from South Texas who showed us photograph after photograph of dead bodies they find on their property. Over and over and over again, they find pregnant women just abandoned to die in the heat. They find the elderly. They find young children who die of heat exposure. As you know, several weeks ago, 
53 illegal immigrants were found dead in the back of a tractor trailer just outside of San Antonio. They had cooked in the heat, included a child as young as 13 years old. Last year, we had over 100,000 overdoses from the fentanyl that is flooding over the border, and the Biden body bags keep piling up one after the other after the other. And Sergio, what is so maddening is this is deliberate. This is the result of a political choice made by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They could stop it if they wanted to, and they do not want to. They do not care about the bodies and the deaths they are causing. They do not care about the children who are being sexually assaulted. They do not care about the misery they are causing, because for them, politics matters more than stopping people from being killed or horribly assaulted. Our Senator Ted Cruz, my guest on the Sergio Show. Thank you, Senator Ewan uh, John Cornyn, and the handful, literally handful of other Republicans came down here that, uh, to try to force the cameras uh, based in New York and, and talking to the country on a daily basis to pay attention to the problem. And I hope, uh, Senator, you know, we got three more months before election. I hope you come back at least on a monthly basis uh, and try again because Look, it's true. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the a.k.a. borders are. Yeah, I, I know they don't care. But you know what saddens me, though? Despite all these horrific stories and video and pictures, number one, New York, American media, the assignment editors, the news directors up there who on a daily basis spoon feed information to the American public, they don't give a damn. They don't care. They don't give proper perspective and coverage to this human tragedy on the border created, exacerbated by Joe Biden's policy. Media doesn't care. And by extension, I'm wondering if, man, I'm wondering if the American public even even cares in the Midwest, Northeast, even if, if they care about, because it's not me, it's not my family, it's not my countrymen. I don't give a damn. I mean, it's like, what does that say about our country? What does it say about us as a, a people, this nation, that we don't give a flip about all these human beings that are being sucked up and some of them dehydrating, dying, dying in the heat, dying in ranch land, dying in the river, dying at the hands of, of criminals, that, that it's, it just seems that our country doesn't care. Ted. Well, I'll tell you, I think a lot of ordinary Americans do care. And, and as I travel the country and I'm on the road nonstop campaigning for candidates for the House, candidates for the Senate, and, and people are horrified at the chaos on the southern border. I think you rightly put a lot of the blame uh, on the corporate media. They are fundamentally corrupt. You, you know, you, you, it's worth pausing and thinking. Why is it that Joe Biden hasn't been to the border? Why is it that Kamala Harris hasn't come to the Rio Grande Valley? And it's not just that their schedule's full. It's not just that they have conflicts. It's not just that they have other priorities. There's a very specific reason neither one of them have come which is if they came, the TV cameras would come. And the corrupt corporate media, if the president or vice president were down there, would be forced to cover it. And you cannot defend what is happening. It's, this is not something over which there's a reasonable difference of opinion. When you see it, it's horrifying. We stood on, on the banks of the Rio Grande, on, 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 just on the ground. There were hundreds of colored wristbands 
Yeah. As you know, yeah. the illegal immigrants, when they cross the border, every one of them wears a colored wristband. Mm-hmm. The colors correspond to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartels. And so these people come in, many of them teenagers. They turn themselves into the Border Patrol. They always have a phone number, an address in the United States. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the last mile of the human trafficking network. And they send them anywhere in the country they want to go. But then the teenage boys, if they owe three, four, five thousand dollars to the cartels, they are working for Mexican drug cartels. And they're in every city in America. One point I try to make, you might think you don't live on the border. Every city in America is a border town because Joe Biden is flying to your city teenage boys who are working for the drug cartels to pay off their debt. And as bad as the boys have it, the girls have it even worse because many of the girls get trapped in sex slavery, get forced to work in a brothel as a prostitute to pay off the money they owe the cartels. And and from a human perspective, if you imagine a 15-year-old Honduran girl who's looking north to America, who's who's hoping, dreaming of freedom, and and she gets in the custody of human traffickers, and six months later she is in this living hell of forced sex slavery. This is modern-day slavery. Yes. On yes. the order and scale we have not seen since the Civil War. And when I see those wristbands, I think of them not as a piece of plastic, but like the leg irons that slaves were put in. The responsibility for this, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, every Democrat member of Congress, and they almost all refused to come to the border, and the corrupt corporate media, which actively covers it up. Because if you simply show what is happening, no one can defend it. It is not humane. It is not compassionate. It is sick. And it is horrifying. When Donald Trump was in office, Senator Ted Cruz, my guest right now, when President Trump was there, the whole kids in cages, kids in cages, ah, kids in cages. Okay, that was top of the hour news. And, man, they got quite a bit of traction on that. But right now, man, from print to online to broadcast, New York-based media, they're all complicit in this modern-day slavery and these sex crimes and what's happening to all these people who are dying, all these deaths, all this blood is is on their hand. The lax policies from this administration are creating that magnet, and they are they are silent. They're complicit in, in this crime. Anything else uh, before I let you go, Senator? Well, I'll say one of the consequences that I think is going to happen is, is the folks who see it firsthand, everyone who lives in South Texas. I believe South Texas is going to turn red in November. I think we're going to see a red wave uh, we right now have, as you know, one Republican, uh, Myra Flores, who was elected in the special election. Her district, second most Hispanic district in the entire country, had not had a Republican representing it since 1871. It's now represented by a Republican, an Hispanic woman. Two other districts, Kathy Garcia, Monica De La Cruz. I think all three are going to win in November, and we're going to come out of November with South Texas, with the entire Rio Grande Valley, represented by three Republicans, all Hispanic women, because they see firsthand, and and, and the Texans who live in South Texas see firsthand the tragedy, the disaster that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have produced, and they want to change course. That is historic. None of those districts have had a Republican 
in over 100 years, and I think all three are going to do so uh, in November. I want to encourage your listeners. I'm actively supporting all three, Cassie Garcia, Monica De La Cruz, Myra Flores. Whichever district you live in, vote, vote for them if you're fed up with this absolute chaos on the southern border. All right, so the family, be safe. Brother, we'll talk to you soon. Ted Cruz, our senator from Texas. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. Checking in with friends on the front lines of water for South Texas. Sonny Hinojosa, General Manager, Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2. Well, last I checked in with you, Sonny, it seems like for several days we've been in a tug of war between the U.S. and Mexico, back and forth, back and forth, on what is the, the ownership of U.S. water at Falcon and Amistad. So what can you tell me? What's going on, Sonny? Well, Sergio... Uh it's the same information you have. July second was the last official July report, <laughs> wow. uh, which indicated U.S. was at twenty five point three seven percent. I did speak with the Water County Department and IBWC El Paso yesterday, and they think that they'll have some numbers uh, in your report. He said in the next couple of days, which is either today or tomorrow. But when they do, uh, all they're going to do is give us the the storage report for July 9th and July 16th, because it's always a week-ending report. And, uh, you know, we're losing 1% per week. You know, we're we're releasing 31 to 32,000 acre-feet per week. So there's no doubt that we're probably hovering between 21 and 22% ownership right now. Yeah, we got to take at least three points away so, yeah, we're, we're probably, you're right, at, at 22%. If the last official report was back on July 2nd. Sonny Nahosa with one of the irrigation districts, our guest right now. Uh, Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. What's delaying the official release of the numbers? I heard there was a discrepancy between the IBWC numbers and the uh, CELA, which is uh, their Mexican counterpart. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was a an elevation reading at Falcon Dam, so I believe they're rectifying that, and we should have we should start getting you know some updated figures. You know, of all the times for this to happen, you know, right now is so critical because we have so many of our municipal water suppliers waiting to hear for an official number of right. our ownership, so they can implement different stages of their conservation plans. Here, here. 
and and you know some some municipalities have a 25 percent trigger point others at 20 others at 15 and it's it just it's it's really terrible that that we we have this problem right now because we need to, yeah i mean i'm be, sorry go ahead yeah because the um the municipalities I think would like to know those numbers so they can decide what stage of water restrictions to uh, to implement. Absolutely, yes. And uh, if, if they can implement, you know, uh, a, a different stage of their conservation measure, you know, it surely helps agricultural out in the whole the whole system. You know, our record right now for as far as lowest ownership was nineteen point zero six percent. And this was back in August of 1998, and we're on track to just shadow that record. Wow, <laughs> you know, we should we should be there in two or three weeks. I thought it was a little lower than that. So our lowest was 19 and change back in I said 98 during the the big water debt crisis and fight that we had with Mexico. That's the lowest we went 19. Yes. 19.06, which is just a little over 600,000 acre feet in storage. We're about three clicks away, three weeks away from reaching that number at the pace we're going, unless we get some rain in the watershed in the Western Valley. Sunny Hinojosa, GM, Hidalgo County Irrigation District, number two. Now, we have various levels of water conservation that likely should be in place already because the official number from July 2nd, again, three weeks plus old, because the official number is a 25 and change, which likely might be 22 right now, and speeding toward 19. Uh, are these municipalities like legally bound to the official number where they can't implement some water restrictions because, well, the official number says something, and if we need to do water restrictions now, then we're going to get legally in trouble. I mean, is there something at play like that? I right don't now? think so. They, they, each one has a flexibility to, to set their own trigger points. Um, and I don't, I don't believe it's a, it's a legal issue, but I'm not, I'm not positive about that. So if you're, but, you if, know, once we get a report, it's still two weeks behind. Yeah. So <laughs> by the time we get a report, you know, we're, we've already lost another, another percent or two. We're at 20. Yeah. I mean, we're so if, if municipalities can kind of estimate where these numbers are and we're estimating, you know. 22, 21, possibly 20%. Uh, so they could go ahead and implement, let's say, their stage two water restrictions without too much hassle, right? Yes, sir, that's correct. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, on the irrigation districts, maybe start curtailing some of the irrigation a little bit, knowing that we are, you know, unofficially probably at 20, <laughs> at 20%, uh, quickly approaching 19%, the all time low. Yeah, and irrigation districts, I mean, we're always in conservation mode. Uh, so many districts, at least half of us, are, are restricting, you know, to our growers. Uh, luckily, we're on the last irrigation uh, of cotton, and, and they should be through this week, if not early next week. And then all that's really left is, is sugarcane. Uh, and then we've got some irrigation of some dry ground getting ready for, for the fall vegetables. Amazing. So, yeah, things should start diminishing uh, pretty rapidly. And I know the, the extended forecast for the next five days yeah. is calling for a chance of rain. So, you know, we get some local rain. That will definitely keep us from drawing water from the reservoirs. But the, really what we need is, is rain in the watershed, which there's none forecast. Is that what the Mexican counterpart to IBWC, uh, CELA, is that, is that what they're gambling on where – 
you know, they're saying it's a water level gauge issue, and they're showing that in one hand, but you know, behind their back, they're gambling for some strong, heavy rain, um, and they're still irrigating like there's no tomorrow because it's super dry in northern Mexico as well. I mean, are they gambling here? Are they are they playing us? Do you think? Uh, Mexico's not using much water uh, from the international reservoirs. Uh, you know, Amistad Falcon, they're they're basically shut down. They've got minimal releases just for municipal needs. Most of their water this year has been used from the Rio San Juan uh, to irrigate the two irrigation districts directly across the border from us. Uh, so it's not it's not really hurting the the Rio Grande system, um, but. Um, you know, an elevation dispute could mean, you know, thousands of acre feet in storage. So that's what IBWC and CELA were going back and forth on. I wonder if you can see the old church at Guerrero in Mexico again. If if the lake has gone down <laughs> that low, we're going to wind up like Lake Mead. They're going to start finding boats and bodies <laughs> all over the place. It's not that <laughs> low right now, is it, at Lake Falcon, is it? It It, it is pretty low. Uh, I don't think we're at the lowest yet. But we ought to be pretty getting pretty close. You know, seventy five percent of our water's up at Amistad, you know, twenty five percent here at Falcon. Uh, we just lose less to evaporation at Amistad, so we keep most of the water up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it still needs to travel quite a bit all the way down here in hot West Texas, yes, evaporating does. all the way down. Yes, there. it does. All right, Sonny, thank you for the update. Uh, that's Sonny Inahosa with one of our local irrigation districts. Your Houston Astros play here. And he drives this one up the middle. That's a base hit. Catch Astros baseball action all season long on News Talk 710-KURV. Deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. Every hit. Every home run. First pitch and he drives it. Left field. Good one. It's out of here. Astros baseball is powered by F&T Valley Motorsports, Riverside Development Services, Taco Olay, MissionIncredible.com, and News Talk 710-KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico turning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710-KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. Tropical coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Make possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. Auto industry updates from a South Texas perspective. Natasha Del Barrio. He's the leader at Bird Ogden. Okay, Natasha, welcome back to KURV. Um, I, I got to ask you for Let me get the, because I know I'm going to forget if I don't ask you first. Woman of the Year. I know fundraising efforts. Let's do a quick recap of that. Congratulations. Tell folks about that. Oh, wow. Thank you, Sergio. Um, it was an amazing 10-week campaign. Our team, Drive Forward for a Cure, was absolutely amazing, and we raised $840,106. Goodness. All for cancer research, right? All all for cancer research, uh, specifically blood cancer research. It's uh, the easiest to study and so tends to be the uh, first 
first step in finding cures for all types of cancers. Um, so it was a really amazing, humbling and uh, experience. I was so honored to take part of it. But above all, you know, we know Bob and Janet are so generous and they gave generously to this campaign. Um, but so many people across the Rio Grande Valley, so many businesses, so many partners stepped up and got involved. And it was a really beautiful thing to see uh, the region within which we were competing. And everybody always thinks the Rio Grande Valley is so small, but man, we really brought it and uh, showed the heart of the RGV and it was beautiful. Okay, well, congratulations uh, to everyone involved in that massive effort. Uh, I hope we see something like that next year. Again, a repeat. Uh, performance next year. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's look at the industry, auto industry. Uh, there was a study uh, that came out a couple days back that said that the average price for a used vehicle, 10000 bucks now compared to just a few years back, the average price, $33,000. Can you confirm this, Natasha? Sadly, I can confirm this. Yes, we're seeing the average cost of our vehicles to be about $33,000, and yes, that is up about $10,000 from a few years back. But it's no surprise, right? You know, it's basic law of supply and demand and uh, supply continues to uh, lag far behind consumer demand. And and this is what happens. How is inventory across your dozens of dealerships all across South Texas? How you guys doing? You know, we're doing all right. Um, You know, we historically have been a dealership with a ton of inventory on the ground, lots of selection for customers to choose from. Um, and that's just that's just not the case right now. And it's not going to be the business model for quite some time. But, you know, that's the situation that we've gotten used to. And relative to where we've been over the course of the last two years, we really are doing all right. You know, our uh, Toyota store and Chrysler store are starting to see some steady inventory coming in. We're starting to see the GM stores pick up hyundai continues to be solid for you know the current state of affairs okay. in terms of on-ground inventory and, and cadillac's looking really good right now too natasha del Barrio, ceo at the bird ogden dealerships all across south texas yeah it varies by brand doesn't it there's one foreign brand right there's one brand that's been pretty consistent in keeping inventory at strong levels right uh, well, Hyundai has been consistent That's the one. at inventory at uh, decent levels. The Nissan stores have really done a pretty good job, too, although uh, they, they are selling as fast as they arrive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, what brands are selling best right now? I don't know if that's even a fair question, considering that, you know, some some inventory, brand, some some of the inventory for some brands might be thinner than others. But, I mean, can you tell me who's? Which which of these brands are selling best and, and, and why? I mean, it's really not a fair question, Sergio, because everything is selling very well right now. There's not a single uh, there's not a single make that we've got that is not selling as fast as the vehicles are hitting the ground. So really, if it's got four wheels and an engine, everything <laughs> is selling well right now. Uh, are you able? Are customers still able to? The pre-order, customize, and then wait around, you know, several weeks or months for their specific order to, to come in from factory. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, for the customers that are more discerning about the specific features that they're looking for and who may have the ability to wait for that customized order to come in, that's really the preference. Um, if you're wanting something very unique, the best thing to do right now is come in and order one. And, and yes, we are absolutely taking orders at all dealerships. On average, do you know how long they might wait for the vehicle? 30, 60, 90 days, do you know? You know, it really varies. Um, we had we had one customer, you know, get it in a matter of two or three weeks, and then we've had other customers that have waited four or five months. And it, what it really depends upon is the uniqueness of the vehicle that they're looking for and whether or not that chassis is available to be customized at the time that they come in to order it. So, um, you know, it's not going to be a short wait. It's not going to be the kind of wait we saw, you know, two or three years ago where things would be here in a matter of, you know, just a couple of weeks. It's going to be a little bit longer than that. But uh, these cars are beautiful and they're well equipped and they're well worth the wait. Natasha Del Barrio, CEO at Bird Ogden, with her dozens and dozens of dealers all across South Texas, domestic brands and international brands, has a good feel of what the trend is right now in the auto industry uh, from a South Texas perspective. You still asking folks to come in and sell their vehicles, try to uh, fatten up the used vehicle lots? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If somebody's got a vehicle that they're ready to sell, we are ready to look at it and, and we'll take it. We cannot possibly get enough cars right now. Bob Vacker said in a previous interview some months back that he thought that 2023, sometime in maybe mid, late 2023, we might see better inventory across the board, the entire industry. Maybe the computer chip issue might be uh, better by then because it's all this computer chip shortage. Uh, what's Have you spoken to him? What's what's his latest prognostication? Is he holding to that or is he pushing it to 24? Uh, you know, he's, he's a little less optimistic about the end of 23, talking about 2024, but you know, when we were looking at this rate hike that's about to occur again, yeah. um, and I don't think it'll be enough to slow things down uh, to to really catch up with consumer demand, but it'll slow things down just a little bit. So he continues to look to the end of 2023, uh, probably more likely 2024, before we start seeing a more normalized state of inventory. Expansions, new locations for you. What do you see, Natasha? Well, as you know, we're so excited. We just picked up the Mercedes-Benz franchise in Harlingen. Uh, we picked up a Ford store in Lyford. So very excited about that and very proud to say that we continue to be in growth mode and continue looking for opportunities to expand our footprint and expand the brand. Sounds to me like you're hiring when you say expand. You're hiring again, right? <laughs> Natasha, thank you for the update. From Bert Ogden, CEO Natasha Del Barrio. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. 
Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We'll take a look at some budget items and priorities for our city of Harlingen. Gabriel Gonzalez is our city manager in Harlingen. Mr. Gabe, thanks for the time today. Let's start with potential drainage improvements, Mr. G. So what's being talked about over at City Hall? Well, good morning, and thank you for having me today. Yes, sir. Um, we did, uh, let me say it, uh, what we did at the last city commission meeting, we awarded a, a contract to uh, civil systems engineering. It's about a $200,000 contract designed a $1.7 million project on Pickens Street to improve drainage there. We also awarded a, a contract to Guzman Engineering for 24000 to improve, to design a $300,000 contract on Hakadanda. Um, and then we're currently working with Consor Engineers to try to finalize a design uh, fee for a $2.7 million contract on Ed Carey and Best 77. So those are just design projects that are getting started to actually uh, get us to a point where we're at a construction in maybe in maybe three to four months. And then we also did award a construction contract for oversizing of uh, drainage pipes uh, to RBM contractors on Jackson and C Street. So the city commission is, is undertaking quite a bit of work um, in drainage to improve drainage throughout the city. And then, of course, we just uh, contracted with CSC and awarded them a $6 million design contract to design improvements to the drainage system, not just for Harlingen, but for Primera, for Combs, for Santa Rosa, and all the way up to the uh, 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 to, to, to the Atwell in Mercedes. So uh, that's going to be a three-year contract, so it's going to be some time before we actually see some construction work, but at least we're on the the design phase for that right now. And you just mentioned so some, those are just yeah contracts. We've, no, you just mentioned some some of the uh, communities nearby. And it's, it's been 14 years since Hurricane Dolly. I know Harlingen and uh, neighborhoods nearby uh, they they um, had a hard time because of drainage issues back there. Gabe, what would you say uh, with all these projects that are uh, going to take place over the next couple of years? Uh, how how much um, farther do you push uh, uh, the ball, you know, you know forward? In, in the goal of hopefully, hopefully, uh, making Harlingen and, and Greater Harlingen more efficient when it comes to drainage. Well, we we have to keep we have to keep focusing on drainage every year and doing some sort of improvements to it. Matter of fact, last night we had our first listening session at Villa Middle School, mm-hmm. and one of the issues that came up were the. Uh, the 100, 100 and 500 year floods that we've had uh, periodically over the last four years. And so uh, drainage is going to become part of our narrative going forward and, and keeping it because um, we may not get a whole lot of rain every every month, but when we get some, it's going to be, it's been pretty impactful. And so we need to be prepared to actually address that. And, and, and so I think the commission uh, is going to keep that as part of a priority project for the city moving forward. Okay. Our city manager for Harlingen, Gabriel Gonzalez. Mr. Gonzalez, Tim Sullivan here. Yeah, a lot to talk about, about um, flood and drainage improvements. Um, one item that I 
saw that made the headlines a little while back was a big rail relocation project in the city. Can you give a status update on that, the the project that I, I guess is meant to help traffic flow better through the city, keep folks from having to wait at rail crossings at key hours of the day? Well, we've done <clears throat> we've done quite a few uh, things to improve uh, uh, the rail and its situation impacting the city uh, throughout the years. One of the last ones was about 10 years ago. We did a project with Union Pacific, and we relocated their switching uh, from Hardingen to Omito. So now the only the only uh, rail that actually, or the train company that switches in Hardingen is, is Iron Horse. Uh, rail and so they do uh, periodically stop traffic, but we, we we've been working with them to try to get that minimized. Uh, I, I think what you may be referring to is a line that was abandoned uh, in the city, uh, and so we're going to be removing that rail from from the city. It's not used anymore, so that that's a big plus, um, and, and it's it's going to open up some of the uh, uh, some some of the corridors for uh, to be rail free. Um, but that's that's uh, that's that was due to the the rail company abandoning that line and no longer okay. needing to use it anymore. And are you turning those into uh, hike and bike trails as well? Uh, we don't have plans for that yet. That's a good possibility. It's going to free up some of that property. So that is one one option that we have, uh, and we've talked about that in the past. But we just haven't identified any funding to actually get that mm-hmm. done right now. Where would you have to get money for that? Is that something well, we, we can go outside the city for, or is that something the city would have to fund? No, we'd probably apply for a grant. Oh. Um, uh, probably through the Parks and Rec Department would be one source. Um, anything that the infrastructure bill might have that would address uh, rails-to-trails funding might be another option. But uh, at this point, uh, the rails are still in the ground. It hasn't been removed yet, so we're waiting for that to happen as a first step, and then we'll probably look at trying to do something to beautify the area once it's done. Gabriel Gonzalez is our city manager for Harlingen. We're catching up with some city issues. The city manager, he drives the bus for the city. He's very familiar with all the streets and the projects that are taking place. If somebody were to hand you a blank check, Gabe, and say, okay, uh, put the amount so that way, once and for all, all the drainage improvements are taken care of and flooding issues are taken care of for Harlingen, what would, what would you write on that check? game oh well uh it it may astonish people what it would take to actually bring everything up into compliance but i would i would like to see a check from maybe 250 million dollars to address drainage issues uh right now and get everything squared away and it's not just the fact that we need that kind of improvement it's the fact that you want to widen what you have already in place okay uh now some of them don't some of the drainage ditches don't belong to us they belong to uh Drainage district number five. Um, the arroyo needs some help. Also, it needs to be uh, the silt hasn't been removed from the arroyo in years, and so that needs to be done. Now the IBWC is planning on doing that, but I don't, I don't know when when they plan to start. So I would just do that now if we could um, and get that done so that there's more capacity built into the arroyo to handle uh, more water. Uh, so that would that would be where right. I start. All right. And as, of course, the city manager, as in, as in all cities, is driving the bus, uh, the mayor uh, in the first seat right behind saying, go over here, 
go over there, the, the Vision Center. Uh, so <laughs> we're looking forward to speaking someday with our new mayor. Uh, <laughs> these town halls, these listening sessions that are taking place, do you have more on on the calendar? And uh, I know you heard drainage, but what else are you hearing at these listening sessions? Well, we do have another one scheduled for a week from Thursday. Okay. Uh, it's going to be at the uh, the Harlingen area, the Harlingen Museum, uh, and it's going to be um, for District One, which is uh, Commissioner Kinsley. So he'll be there uh, addressing the uh, the audience uh, regarding any issues that they might have in District One. And again, they're not just for the particular districts that we have them there for everybody in the city to come in and just. Uh, if you can't make one, you can make another one. We're going to have five all together. We had our first one yesterday, so that'll be our second one. And we okay. have, we don't have the dates for the next the next three. Okay, uh, but we should have them shortly. But the next one will be on August fourth. Again, real quick, the location: August fourth. Yeah, at the museum, Huntington Area, Huntington Heritage Museum in Huntington. At what time? At what time, Gabe? Five thirty to seven. All right, Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Researchers at Tufts University School of Dental Medicine are saying that bacteria in your mouth, that oral bacteria, has a strong link to the mind-robbing Alzheimer's. Dr. Sonia Reddy is a, a dental expert. What, can, what more can you tell me of this Tufts University School of Dental Medicine study on the link between the stuff in our mouth, warming, you know, necessary information in our brain, Dr. Sonia? Absolutely. We always knew oral health leads to overall health, and it's basically a process of um, generalized inflammation. Any bacteria causes, you know, extreme inflammatory response, and that is the cause of many chronic diseases that we're noticing, which is type 2 diabetes and now Alzheimer's disease. So what I can tell you is we have a way to reduce that bacteria by going to the dentist, you know, at least twice a year and uh, reduce that because uh, that's what, you know, the research Mr. Chen and his colleagues talked about is by targeting this ex- this particular bacteria, it can slow uh, the spread and progression of the periodontal disease and also Alzheimer's disease. So the periodontal disease is caused by in 47% of U.S. adults. So we can reduce the periodontal disease and reduce Alzheimer's. What would be the ideal yet realistic approach for mouth hygiene on a daily basis, and how soon should adults start practicing that? Here's here's my question. Like wash, brush after every meal. I know some people do that. I don't think that's realistic, doing after every, especially Absolutely. at work, at lunch and all that. But, I mean, how do we realistically approach uh, dental hygiene 
in a, in a better way to protect our teeth and obviously our brain. I, yeah, I love this question. I think people get stumped on, you know, there's so much out there, but really doing the basics matter, right? And having that consistency every single day, which is brushing twice a day, morning and after, you know, evening before going to bed, flossing once a day. And whenever you brush, brush for twice, you know, two minutes a day and go to your dentist at least twice or three times, according to what your dental hygienist tells you and use a mouthwash in between, like say, you had a heavy meal or whatnot, use a, you know, oxygen-rich, natural-based mouthwash. So there's not really extreme that you need to do, but it's all about taking, you know, taking oral hygiene seriously and keeping it consistent. And I think you also asked about what can adults do and when does the oral hygiene really start? It really starts in childhood. You know, starting from six months old, we get our teeth, and oral bacteria can get deposited on these teeth and gums. Dr. Sonia Reddy, dental expert. We're talking about a Tufts University School of Dental Medicine study found that Alzheimer's starts in your mouth. Oral bacteria that it can promote, eventually promote Alzheimer's in adults. Now, what is it that we eat, Doc, that would promote more of that bacteria? Is it meats? Is it legumes? Uh, candy? Uh, what, what promotes that, that eroding bacteria in our mouth more? I would say, you know, good diet will help prevent this bacteria. And at the same way, more sugary drinks or sugary foods um, causes more bacteria because it just attracts more bacteria to that sugary um, substances that are stuck in the mouth. So I think good diet overall, you know, health helps with not creating a lot of that uh, bacteria. And then noticing early signs of gum disease, which is bleeding gums or having bad bacteria and also another tip i can give to your viewers is brush your teeth brush you know when you brush your teeth brush your tongue as well yeah because there's a lot of bacteria that gets deposited on your tongue and we don't even realize that and that causes a lot of bad breath as well these rinses that promote strengthening enamel do they really work dr sonia um, I think there is a lot out there these days. So I would, you know, um, ask your dentist to really figure out what helps. But what helps enamel, um, strengthen the enamel, might not really help with the gums. So a lot of people know about cavities in the teeth, but they're not aware of the gum disease. Uncommon for us. So many, you know, patients are coming that are aware of the cavities in the teeth, but they're not aware that they have gum disease. So it's almost like a silent disease in the mouth. And when we talk about this, and we take a culture of the bacteria in our office and we see it under the microscope to show them the amount of bacteria they have. And we talk about the ways of reducing those by some of the laser therapies or antibiotic discs. So it doesn't go into your whole body, but it helps only the affected areas. There, um, people are shocked. I think there's not much awareness out there, so I'm really glad this um, more research articles should come out um, in discussing oral health equates to overall health. Dr. Sonia Reddy, uh, we're talking about a Tufts University School of Dental Medicine study. Uh, Dr. Jake Chen, uh, one of the professors, says that Alzheimer's starts uh-huh. in the mouth. It's uh, gum disease, oral bacteria, uh, strongly linked to the mind-robbing Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Dr. Sonia Reddy, she's a dental expert uh, joining me right now. Uh, if you rinse with a mouthwash that says, you know, it has fluoride 
and and you rinse longer with it. You just keep it in your mouth for for several minutes. You just kind of walk around the house, do some chores, and keep it in your mouth. Does does a fluoride rinse, keeping that in your mouth, rinsing that in your mouth for an extended time, does that provide more benefit, or does it make no difference? You just do thirty seconds, and that's it. We don't believe in fluoride anymore in our office. I'm doing more of a functional and holistic medicine at Smile Up Dentistry. So fluoride uh, should affect, you know, I think previous studies have shown the fluoride will affect the enamel, but it will not affect the gum disease. So in order to, you know, combat the gum disease, which is bacteria, we need an antibacterial rinse, um, which is, you know, more prescribed by your dentist. And it's not uncommon we do that. I think people think any any rinse out there like Colgate, all that stuff can help, but it really doesn't because they have more alcohol, you know, causes more drying of the mouth. So you really need an antibacterial rinse to reduce the gum disease. And what about peroxide mouthwash? <laughs> that would peroxide uh, peroxide salt water. They all help, but peroxide can actually you know, wear away teeth because it's very strong. Wow. So we recommend if you really use peroxide, really dilute it 10 times and use it. But um, the most effective way is to ask your dentist or yeah. call our office at Smile Up Dentistry and we'll give you some really good recommendations of uh, antimicrobial you know, ones. We have um, some, um, I think we have OxyFresh. That's what we really use. And then a Paradex. Okay. They're really good. Rinse no, I, I ask you because over-the-counter stuff, I know uh, family, uh, friends, who uh, at time will use, they don't use it daily, but they will use the, the peroxide-based Colgate rinse because they have like a, a gum sore or an, a cheek sore. And in order to promote healing, that they'll, they'll stick that in, in their mouth. Would you, you, you uh, recommend that? Yes, over-the-counter, I think there's so many coming up. It's really hard to keep up. I will really look at the ingredients. You know, there is a peroxide-based. It's not bad at all. It helps you with um, taking out some of the bacteria and okay. even salt rinses. You don't have to complicate it. Put some Just salt in hot water and rinse it out, and that should help take off some of the bacteria. But in right. the long term, um, you have to get onto some kind of regimen and kind of consistently stick to it. I know I kept you a long time, Dr. Sonia. I'm squeezing you. Before you start Before you start billing me, start charging me. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Uh, one friend of mine who's a dentist said, go to soft toothbrushes versus medium. Don't use the medium. It's too hard. That's bad for your animal. Do you agree? I agree 100%. Use the soft tooth bristles. It's not about the um, the pressure you put on the tooth. It's about the technique. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Dr. Sonia. Appreciate all your time today. Uh, dentist and member of many organizations in the dental industry, American Dental Association and other big ones. Dr. Sonia Reddy. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. 
stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.